inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Have you ever wondered... Have you ever wondered if your mess from your past could have any positive value at all? Have you ever wondered why you went through so much pain, so much hurt? Have you ever wondered when it's time to grow up? Have you ever wondered when it's time to start living the now instead of the past? Have you ever wondered how you're going to let go of your pound of flesh? Of how you're going to erase your record wrong? See, today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to take a look at our past. But not like a counselor would, not like a, a, a therapy session would. But really consider what to do with our past. You know, in 31 plus years of being in life transformational business, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's too bad. You should go to likeitmatters.net and figure it out. (laughs) But in 31 years, uh, working with people to reach their potential, uh, to be a better version of themselves today than they were yesterday, a better version tomorrow than today, I've realized a couple things. First of all, life's about figuring out what do we do with our past? And for a lot of people, it could be stated this way, what do we do with our pain? Really, there's two kinds of people in this world, it's been said. There are two kinds of people on earth today, two kinds of people no more, I say. Not the good or the bad, for it's well understood that the good are half bad and the the bad are half good. Not the happy or sad, for in the swift flying years, Brings each man his laughter and each man his tears. Not the rich or the poor, for to count a man's wealth, you must know the state of his conscience and health. Not the humble and proud, for in life's busy span, who puts on vain airs, is not really counted a man. No, the two kinds of people on earth I mean are the the people who lift and the people who lean. Wherever you go, you'll find the world's masses are ever divided into these two classes. And strangely enough, you'll find two I mean. There is only one lifter to 20 who lean. In which class are you? Are you easing the load of the overtaxed lifters who toil down the road? Or are you a leaner who lets others bear your portion of worry and labor? and care. Now, I'm not sure who wrote this poem, but it's one of my favorite poems, and it really talks about there's there's two. You know, for those of you who care to read the Bible, for those of you who care to ask the God question, you'll realize that our manufacturer, God, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of all of us, knows how easily we are confused. And so when God gives us choice, he never gives us more than two. Check it out. Life or death blessing or curse, hope or hopeless, 
the God of Yahweh or the gods of the world, Baal, Ashtaroth, Molech, to follow our God or to follow our flesh, to have the Bible as the standard of our life or to have ourselves as a standard of our life. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are two types of people. Keep it simple, soldier. So there are two types of people in this world. There are people who take their pain and choose to use it as a way to be a victim. And there are people who take their pain and choose to use it as a way to help other people. For those of us that have been through a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, I'm going to tell you what. If there's no purpose for this moving forward, then I'm going to be really upset. See, by me taking all my hurt, all my bruises, all my scars, HBS, that allows me to have freedom if I use it for someone's good, for God's glory. But if I hold on these hurts, bruises, and scars, and I keep a pound of flesh, I keep a record of wrong, then I just become bitter. I become a victim, and that doesn't matter. See, God chooses not to remember. He doesn't forget our sins. He chooses not to remember. And we need to be like God and choose to not remember our past. What we do with our past, what we do with our pain, is absolutely critical. How to create new patterns is the goal. You know, there are three steps to the process to get connected in life. If you're a follower of God, it's justification, sanctification, glorification. Justification, we have nothing to do with. Uh, we are justified. We can't be good enough for God. We are justified by the blood of Jesus. But this second one is interesting, sanctification. Sanctification. You know what that means? That means taking all the unfair crap, all the hardship, all the unrighteousness, all the injustice, all the unfairness of life, because it's going to happen. Read the good book. You'll learn two things. Life ain't no fair, uh, and life is hard. So put your big boy pants on. Put your big girl pants on. Sanctification is the process of God taking all the stuff that never should have happened to us and using it for his good for his glory and our good. And then there's glorification. Now the cool thing about this, the sanctification is taking the stuff that never should have happened and using it for a purpose. See, as I'm rewriting and evolving into Way of Warrior, one thing I realize is part of our training, as good as it is, is, is incomplete. And I'm adding three things I talk about, but need to be three parts of the process to, to really clean ourselves up. It's called requisite variety. It's called forgiveness and deliverance. See, a lot of us are holding on to things that don't serve as well. You know, one of the biggest delicacies out there they serve is something called monkey brains. And the way they catch these monkeys is they take these, these little coconuts and they bore out the fleshy part of the coconut and they put some raw rice. And they put these raw rice around the floor of a jungle, of a forest. And right next to a couple of these uh, little coconuts with raw rice in them, uh, it, they're put next to these large trees. And right next to a couple of these trees are these little bushes. And the bush is like a bluff. A, a young person can hide in there and be hidden, but be there like they're hunting something. And so what happened is they put these coconuts on the ground with raw rice in them. They, they have these young people, these village people in these little bushes with a, uh, with a blade and a, a simple pattern. And they sit there for a while. And monkeys are inquisitive creatures, so they're going along the tree line and they see there's something on the ground. They look around for the enemy, for man, can't find him. They come down, they pick up a coconut, and they want what's inside of it. 
And so they stick their hand in and they grab a handful of raw rice and they go to pull out their hand, but they can't because the hand in the form of a fist is much larger than the hand relaxed. And that raw rice has no value to it. So if that raw rice has no value, that monkey should let it go, pull its hand out, and then go on with his business. But it wants what it wants, even though it has no value. So it holds on to it. And then it goes to pull its hand out, it can't, so it starts to panic. So it's standing right next to a tree. So it takes his hand with the coconut stuck on it and beats it against the tree. Now, right next to that tree in that bush, I told you, there's a young person with a blade and a simple pattern. They grab the top of the head with the left hand if they're right-handed, and they slice the neck, and they separate the head from the body with the right hand in a blade. The body drops to the ground, blood spurting everywhere, and in the hand is that that monkey's head, which inside of it is the monkey's brains. What a stupid monkey. If that monkey would have just let go of that raw rice that had no value to it, it could go and live a fuller life, make an impact in its monkey community. And if you don't know yet, I'm not talking about a monkey. I'm talking about us. What are we holding on to that is not serving ourselves well? And after the break, we're going to be joined by Silver Lifestyle Coach Carissa. And we're going to walk through her story and her proven process of strength in the mind, body, and soul. In life, we have purpose, we have pain, and we have positions of choice and change. We may not be able to control what happens to us, but we get to control what happens in us. After the break, you're going to hear a story from a powerful woman who's taken her pain and she's using it for a purpose. You don't want to miss this. We'll be right back after these messages. I can listen to any national big personality like Glenn Beck or Dave Ramsey, but the way Scott Black applies his academic approach to the average person is so much more relatable. Hey, this is Brett from Sacramento. On the Like It Matters radio show, Scott encompasses a 360-degree view of day-to-day life. So that obviously starts with spirituality and branches out into leadership, branches out into your workplace, social issues, family issues, local issues, national issues, political issues. You're able to clearly see kind of where you're at, what your purpose is. Everybody needs this. It is life-changing. You know Like It Matters Radio brings truth therapy. Here's what you can do to help share this truth. Please call the program manager of your local radio station and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio to their schedule. Like It Matters Radio is radio like it matters. If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 800-210-7907-800-210-7907-800-210-7907. That's 800-210-7907. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And I'm heading to Vegas next week. Uh, what happens in Vegas better not stay in Vegas. And my guests will be joining me in Vegas as well. So uh, we have a leadership awakening class, uh, November 9th through 11th. It's our second to last class. And then our final class of the year is December 7th through 9th in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, and it is uh, two, two chances to have the best holiday season ever. If you want to give your family a good gift, give your family a good gift of a better you. 
Uh, if you want to give your spouse a better gift, give your spouse a gift of a better spouse. It, not a different spouse. <laughs> you, just a better one. Uh, if you want to give your kids a, a gift for Christmas, give them a better you. Uh, and if you want to have the best holiday season you've ever had, uh, go and get, become better. Uh, go to likeitmatters.net. You'll read about it. You know, we're, we're transi- transitioning in from um, Like It Matters into Way of Warrior. That transition uh, transition will be complete come January. And, you know, this week we've been talking about types of conflict. Conflict in a story is the element that gives direction to the story. We've talked about, you know, man versus man conflict. We're seeing that a lot in the political world. Uh, I see a lot in Israel right now, Ukraine, the wars. Man versus nature. We're dealing with hurricanes and uh, tornadoes and earthquakes and uh, Shark Week, you know, all that. Man versus society. We're talking about culture now uh, and the turn of culture. And we, we've had shows on that this week. But the fourth one is really the battle that dictates so much of how we're remembered and the impact we get to have. And it's called man versus self. And this type of conflict stems from the main character's inner struggle. There's usually a theme of selecting between two options such as good and evil or logic and emotion. And let's be honest, all of us have this conflict. All of us are battling. All of us are, for those of us working to be the best version of ourselves, we have a lot of choices to make on a regular basis and we don't always choose well. You know, we talked before about there's two types of people in this world. Uh, and uh, one of my favorite is builder or wrecker. You know, I watched them tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town with a ho heave ho and a lusty yell. They swung a beam and a sidewall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled as the men you'd hire if you had to build? He gave me a laugh and he said, oh, no, indeed. Just common labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken a year to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these two roles have I been there to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by the rule in the square? Am I shaping my deeds by a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks the town, content with the labor of tearing down? Now that is by Carmelo Benvenga. But it goes back to this. We all have pain to differing degrees. Are you going to take that pain and is it going to make you bitter? Or are you going to take that pain and use it to make it better? And beyond you, what about your life of significance, the impact you have on other, other people? See, some people take their pain and use it for others' good and for God's glory. And that is what Romans 8.28 says. For God causes all things to work for the good, for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And today, you have a powerful, powerful guest. This is a powerful woman who was prepared for such a time as this. This woman is a powerful woman. She has her own business. She is a sober lifestyle health coach. Uh, she was recently featured uh, uh, on the cover uh, issue of Mind, Body, Soul magazine. Uh, she's been taking her hurt, her pain from her past. And not only has she been making an impact on her life, but she reaches out and help others who's been through what she's been through, who's going through some pain. And instead of feeling sorry for herself, instead of making herself bitter, she's taking it to make herself better 
and share that with others. And she's changing lives, and she's changing futures, and she's bringing hope. Let's welcome to Like It Matters Radio, sober lifestyle health coach, Carissa. Hey, Carissa, how you doing? Hi, good morning. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. You are doing awesome. And so, uh, man, I'm so impressed. You know, little time I've got to know you and to see how you're taking things that happened to your past. And not only have you processed them for yourself, but you're helping so many others. And you're using that and you're focusing it. You know, your passion here, I read this, is my greatest passion is supporting women to live a successful, sober lifestyle and, and we don't get to where we are just because what brought you to this point what what created this passion that you have for supporting women to live a successful sober lifestyle hmm that goes deep this is all stemmed from my personal experiences and the struggle overcoming the struggles struggles and the challenges that um, I've gone through when I didn't think I had another breath to take when I didn't think I can possibly make it I had no idea what was at, what was at the other end of every ounce and stage of pain that I went through with yeah. um, addiction and um, you know divorce and um, being a mother struggling to stay sober and trying to raise my kids and just navigating through life with zero tools zero navigation zero um, foundation other than um, what faith I had instilled in me as a little girl I um, had a lot of faith and grew up um, as a Christian um, in my years of Bible study and so I held on thank God that seed was planted young so I always held on to that little glimpse of spark that was there but um, there's times where that spark was gone and I felt like I had nothing and I um, had prayed God to just take me or help me because I was at that um, it was so dark in my addiction and so thank God I truly believe that God sparked um, that light and allowed me to come closer to other women and people who had that had a light that can help me see the path um, the next next best right indicated step is really all it was and it got me um, to now where I have uh, nine years sober and um, wow. again there's a lot of challenges and a lot of next level <laughs> um, you know obstacles yeah. always ever going but um, these foundational tools that I've learned along the way um, have not only just helped me, but I feel it um, helps also continue to help me the more I help others. And that puts yep. me in a response, be, keeps me responsible um, to know I have to keep going and learning and expanding because yep. um, I can only go so far with what I know. Well, and here's the cool thing. You know, there is choice. Now, uh, my wife had told me, Valerie, you've talked to her many times, and, and Val said, yes. this was probably about six, eight months ago. She said, you know what you did, honey? She said, when you were little, you never, no one was ever there for you. You you were in such pain. You were being abused and all this stuff. And, and I used to say, but no, people were nice to us, but then they didn't care. And so she said, you know what you did, honey? 
you became what you didn't have as a small child. And when mm. she said that, I'm like, duh. I mean, it was such a powerful thing. And Carissa, I, I, I mean, I think the same thing happened for you. No matter, you can put different words around it. But what happened is you learned the process of how to fix you. You realize you're no different than most human beings. You, you come from a good background, you said, correct? You have a, a pretty good uh, family life? Yes, yes. There was a um, alcoholism in, in the family, um, which, yep. you know, I only know what I, I learned of thinking, I grew up it. thinking it was yeah. a normal functioning. I was supposed to yep. function accordingly. And I just, it would never yeah. worked for me since my teens. So yes, very loving, amazing family, supportive. Um, but you know, alcoholism and addiction yep. was part of the, you know, everyday functioning. It just, I hit, I yep. started hitting a wall at 13, not knowing it wasn't working for me, but kept trying to drink, <laughs> trying to figure out how to drink responsibly since a young girl. And, um, it's caused a, a a lot of problems wow. in my life. Well, and this is where the good word, because, you know, my, my role as pastor, I love that role. This is where the good Lord says, uh, you know, sins of the father go three to four generations. Uh, he's that's not a curse what we do are we set up an environment we set up what's called cultural acceptable norms uh, normal patterns of behavior uh, and that becomes ingrained with us and by the time a child is six years old a majority of their map of reality is in place and so by the grace of God what made me say that you had a, a fairly good childhood is because what you said is you were raised in the Lord uh, you knew scripture and the Bible says when you raise up a child in the way of the Lord he will not depart that doesn't mean they're not going to go off the beaten track they will but the compass has been established you have that tool inside of you the holy spirit the word of god uh and so what, what i want to talk about after the break because there was at some point you realize we make choices uh that other people do things or we do things uh, and then there's pain involved and early on and what you did is what all of us do is you self-medicated you were learning from your family the white way to self-medicate is through addiction you drink something you pop something you smoke something and then that eases you now you can handle it's a self-medication but the problem is God gives us pain for a purpose God doesn't allow us to go through pain because he's a bad father God says listen that pain is a motivator uh, neurosocial conditioning we're either moving towards something we desire or moving away from something that hurts us and pain is one of the greatest motivators but what we do without knowledge because we're young is we self-medicate and so we ease the pain and when we ease the pain we don't make a change and so we live in it and then the addiction becomes a worse than the actual pain itself and so I want to talk after the break uh, Carissa because you've changed your life you've done incredible things and now you're an example for others so I want to talk about when did you decide enough's enough when did you say I'm no longer going to live like this I'm better than this that's an important turning point and so after the break if you kind of think about that question I want to lead with that and then go into the incredible impact you're having in women's lives all around the globe so stay with us we'll be back with lifestyle health coach sober coach Carissa hey listen are you a 50 year old person looking for term life insurance then you need to talk to Bob Bob specializes in helping people find a million dollars or more of term life insurance for a couple of hundred bucks a month. Look, you need to know there's a price war in the term life insurance business and you may be paying too much. 
Call Bob and he'll shop and see how much money he can save you. Look, this could be the last term life insurance policy you ever have. Your rates are guaranteed for the next 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rates for the next 20 years. And if you're a smoker or your health is not perfect, Bob has great rates for you too. So for a million dollars of term life insurance coverage for a couple of hundred bucks a month, Call Bob right now. 800-890-5049. 800-890-5049. That's 800-890-5049. Paid for by Term Direct. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. Today we are blessed because, you know, it's one thing to talk about people who overcome It's one thing to talk about how other people did it, but when I can bring on people who are living examples of what they teach, when I can bring on people who know what it's like to hurt, who know what it's like to struggle, who know what it's like to make poor choices, have to live in those, and then at some point draw a line in the sand, man, those are people you, me, and the world needs to know, they need to hear about. And so we are blessed today because with us we have sober lifestyle health coach, Carissa. And Carissa, thank you so much again for joining us. I know you're a busy woman. So, when did enough become enough? When was the decision to say, you know what, Uh, I'm living differently and uh, no more of living in the past. When did that decision come to you? Hmm. Well, there's two parts to that. I'll get through the first part real quick. I was in my 20s. I'm 48 now. So in my 20s, I went to treatment. I was defeated physically. My body couldn't handle any more alcohol, any more substance. So I ended up hospitalized, going to treatment. And I barely stayed sober. I stayed sober for almost a year, um, but I wasn't truly ready. There was no shift that really took place. I just wasn't truly ready. I believe that I could still um, go back to drinking if just did things mm. differently. So fast yep. forward, I did my best to manage my addiction for 15 years. Um, and 15 years later, at the age of 39 years old, I found myself um, divorced, um, not having my children any longer living with me. A court ordered the uh, my ex-husband to have full custody of the kids. Um, I found myself physically um, phys- 50 pounds overweight, cystic acne. I was sick physically, emotionally, spiritually. I had I was very sick, so. There was a moment where I couldn't go through a day without drinking. And if I did go a week, I would make up for it on the weekends because I was just so wow. soul sick. I was very soul sick. And so 
Um, my last night of drinking, I drank so much where the next morning I was so sick and I just, I prayed to God to just take me because I had nothing. I had everything, anything and everything that meant anything to me was gone. I had nothing. Mm. I was in a very toxic relationship living in Las Vegas <laughs> away oh, from wow. my beautiful San Diego upbringing. upbringing. Oh, I, wow. did, I isolated myself. I ran away and I was in a very sick, toxic place and so I had just screamed to God in my car. I was driving just to take me or help me because I didn't know what to do. And so that was a very pivotal moment because I meant it. I literally had nothing. And I didn't see a way out. I had I was so far deep. And um, I don't know. Just later I came home. My car took me home. And I made a phone call to um, my brother, which now has 18 years sober. But he had 10 years sober at the time. And I just I called him to say goodbye. And um, I just wanted to tell him I loved him. And I, he, I didn't say goodbye to him, but in my heart and soul, I knew I was saying goodbye. I just called him to tell him I loved him. And he could feel what I was going through. He knew I wasn't sober and he knew I was not well. And he said, where are you? And I said, I'm in Vegas. And he's like, what the heck are you doing <laughs> in Vegas? Like I hadn't talked to him in several months. And this is where God really, I know, came in because he said, you know, if you're um, really done, Carissa, and if you really want help, you know, take this next call that's going to come in. And I love you. And um, and he knew there was a chance I may not take the call. But at that point, he knew as a very as somebody who's recovered and healthy, 10 years sober doing the work, he knew that it was up to me that he couldn't come save me like he had tried so many times before. So. Um, we hung up and the phone call that came in um, was a friend of his that he happened to just meet through um, a, the sober community that was um, a, a sober friend that had 30 something years sober and he was just within a couple miles of me and my brother hadn't talked to me in several months and that man uh, met me within the hour. And um, that was the beginning of my sober journey. He's wow. my sober What's angel. His name? And What's his name? What's is his Toby. name? He, his name is Toby. He lives in he, he passed away. So he's my sober angel for sure. Uh, and his well, you know what? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say there's an example right there. Here's a man who made an impact in one person. I'm sure he made an impact in others and the the thousands, tens of thousands of life you're impacting. That's See, I love as an influencer, one thing I love is when I can influence people like you that are influencing tens of thousands of people, it just fulfills me. Now, because I want to make sure you get your story, I want to talk about the incredible things you do for women, but now I want to know the next question is when did you say, now I'm going to use my pain and my hurt and help others? So the next bet, because you decided no more, I'm not going back, a new is rock bottom, you finally got to rock bottom. Now the second big question was, when did you decide I'm going to take my screw-ups, my pain, my shortcomings, all the hurt, and I'm going to use it to help? When did that decision come down? That was right about my fourth year sober. I really struggled that first four years of sobriety, not knowing what direction to go. I knew how to go every one day at a time without drinking. And I knew how to communicate with other people who were sober to help me stay sober. But the actual functioning tools in life with health habits and, and all those things was um, a whole nother 
uh, realm because I didn't realize cross addiction, the actual ha- health habits that carried over. Um, so that was a journey of its own. My first four years, I got into fitness and fitness became my next um, addiction. I didn't realize, but I can did a full body transformation, which I thought was healthy at the time. I started doing bikini competitions and competing on a fitness team and also training, became a train personal trainer on the fitness team. And, um, you know, that got me the fit body that I felt like was healthy. I didn't know better at the time, but I didn't realize that adrenal gland fatigue, um, over exhausting my adrenals with caffeine and not sleeping enough and the stress levels were off the roof. So I didn't have emotional sobriety tools, um, measuring each little ounce of food, like literally like pushing off a few things of rice. I was very like precise about how I didn't give myself grace and I didn't um, know. I was just so hungry for direction that I was willing to be. I was so coachable. I was just so hungry, like tell me what to do. And so anybody that I felt like had a, could help me, I was listening, but I learned along the way that there's a point where you need to listen to yourself as well. And I knew I was, I was going a little, crossing the boundary, crossing the lines of what was healthy and what wasn't. And Mm -hmm. so, um, but I didn't know how to give myself grace. So those first four years was a trial and error. So that fourth year sober, I had had enough. My um, overachieving took me into, I was a personal uh, flight attendant for private jets. I was doing personal training. I became a realtor. I wanted to, um, I was working at banquets, bartending at a golf course, you know, even though that was risking my sobriety. I was, I was so busy staying so busy it was another form of numbing myself out to stay so busy and so i didn't catch it my first four years i didn't know how to catch it until i found myself traveling on these private jets and i was in an airport and the pilot couldn't find me that the co-pilot and they couldn't find me and i was in the bathroom and i was crying i was hurtled up in the stall because i was having a panic attack because everything crashed down on me at my four years and i called another sober woman and she said um you don't it doesn't sound like this life is really working out for you uh, you know, and I, and I wanted the money back. I wanted to show that I was worthy, prove to myself, prove to people, look, I'm something. <laughs> and yep, I stayed yep. too busy and I lost myself in the process. So that became my biggest turning point where I cashed in all those um, high profile jobs, so to speak, with business cards at that. And I ended up um, working, living and residing for almost two years in a women sober living home. And um, it really was exactly what God put me in this position. This woman called me and she asked me if I'd be interested. And the pay was pretty much an exchange for (laughs) rent, but I knew it would help me. And so I decided to um, move back home to San Diego and live in this sober living home and help manage this home where women come in from all over the world to live there and learn how to adapt to sobriety um, one day at a time time and from upon awakening what our habits and our rituals are so i lived there for almost two years and i worked in that home which i 
didn't I realize I didn't have the tools to teach and show them and lead by example because um, <laughs> it was brought to my attention. My the owner had even asked, you know, of this home, you know, are you what type of program are you working? What are you doing for yourself? Because I need you to show up different. So that became my moment where this is what I have to do for me. And then I had women in the home that lost their children oh, too. So. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me get ready to go to the end. So that became the point where you realized that you had a goal of being sober, but you realized you didn't have a system. So this is what the atomic habits, James Clear talks about. People are so wrapped in goal, I'm going to be uh, uh, non-alcohol, I'm not going to drink anymore, I'm going to do this. But what you realize is you needed a system. And what I want to do in the last break, because we got one more segment coming up, is I want you to talk about the system you've created, because now you have an incredible system. When I looked at it, you go down to the what we eat, our genetic makeup, our, our proclivities, our patterns. You have personalized something now that for any woman that you come in that you meet, her where she's at and you take her to a level that she can't even believe in and so the last segment next break I want to go into your process you created a system that you learned through a lot of things and I want you to share the impact you're making because the world needs to know what you're doing Chrissy because you're helping a lot of women so stay tuned we'll be right back with Chrissy you don't want to miss this last segment give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I want you to imagine with me, if you will. Imagine yourself waking up every morning with healthier habits, routines, and recovery rituals that flow naturally into your lifestyle. Imagine yourself walking to work, social events, and parties with a higher level of confidence and having fun, alcohol-free, without feeling awkward. Imagine yourself having peace of mind knowing what foods work best for you, your unique genetic body type. Imagine yourself feeling self-empowered knowing how to gauge your internal thermometer and having healthy holistic strategies to curb sugar, carb, and alcohol cravings. Imagine yourself feeling a deeper level of physical, mental, and emotional awareness knowing how to gauge internal temperatures and avoiding overwhelm. Imagine yourself knowing the right foods and exercise that will help balance your hormones. Imagine yourself having the ability to be more productive using Stress, uh, stress, eliminating techniques, know, knowing when to pause and breathing before burning out. Imagine yourself looking in the mirror every day and feeling a new sense of health and well-being. And that's what Sober Lifestyle Health Coach Carissa brings to women all over the world. Again, Carissa, thank you so much for joining me. Tell me about your incredible program that you've created. You've taken your pain to help other people. Tell us about it. Well, my program, it was um, built without even knowing. I took 
the um, I took several journals. So women I've worked with since I was four years sober. So five, as of five years ago, really helping them break down daily habits. Um, I helped them create their own little personal journals. And so um, I've saved a lot of those outlines. And so I decided to create a book and of those most impactful and most pertinent essential daily habits that have helped so many women that are very common when we first um, approach our sober lifestyle. So I called it the 90-Day Reset. It's a book that will be for sale on um, Amazon in the end of this month. And it's a Congratulations. journal to... <laughs> thank you. Um, and it's a journal to um, help your you log and track your first calendar year of transformation. And that's to help track your daily habits, creating your own recovery rituals. And, you know, everybody has a different lifestyle. Everybody has different tastes and desires. So this allows women to create their what works for them and nutrition is a big aspect of that as I shared in the previous segment nutrition was a battle for me before sober and even the first years of sobriety from I lost the weight but yet I was still nutrient deficient not giving my body the specific nutrients my body type needed. So I do DNA-based nutrition, and that helps each woman, each woman identify what foods their body responds to best, um, what body, what kind of carbs, proteins, yep. fats work best for their body type, and um, also help them focus on foods in the nutrient aspect um, that they need the most. And I'm sure their relationship with food as well, correct? Because a lot of us use food as a self-medication as well, like drugs or alcohol. Food can fill a void. And uh, I know that's been one of my biggest uh, self-medications ways in the past that I've been working on is, you know, that food thing. So, uh, hey, I want to ask, because you have it breaked out pretty well. You broke it down into a great, great word, heart. What your program does, and you use the letters H-E-A-R-T. We've got about five minutes. Tell me about the heart principle that you operate under um well that goes deep from um you know all the pain that i've gone through and it's just so 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 important to focus on you know what works best for you so my goal here is to allow the women to just heal heal their body from the inside out and gain that deeper layer of self-awareness and give themselves grace along the way and that's the h Amen. you know heal the body and embrace you know embracing where you're at now while you're building a loving relationship with yourself um you know that's a huge thing that it, <laughs> it took me a long time to learn and then a is the accessing accessing internal peace and happiness and then the r is releasing really important to release Amen the old habitual patterns that no longer serve you and shifting you get to shift by replacing so you're just the release and then the t in the heart is trusting in yourself as you tap in to those six senses and that's what i loved most about taking your class as you you mm -hmm. were also aligned with the senses um you know 
the smell, what we, what we smell brings memory, the eyes, what we see first thing in the morning is the hugest recovery ritual Um, and the taste buds and the touch. So those are huge. And unless we are aware of that, we're not able to release um, old habitual patterns. And because we're programmed creatures, see what you're tapping into these patterns, they come from the basal ganglia. We have an entire neural system in our unconscious mind that's total purpose is get you into a habit as quick as possible. We have natural filters called deletions, distortions, generalizations. Otherwise, if we didn't have those filters, we'd have autism because we got so much data coming after us. And and what I love about you uh, is you're, you're teaching the way the body's made. The brain is a sensory based organ. My background in neural linguistic programming, a transactional analysis, a emotional intelligence, a, a multiple intelligences, tells us that the brain is a sensory-based organ. And so everything we've ever experienced is stored in our unconscious mind through what we saw, what we heard, what we felt, and if we remember, what we smelt and what we tasted. And so what you're doing is you're going in. This is why it works so well. I'm, I'm going to tell you, on someone on the outside, why what you're doing works so well is because you're actually doing it the way the body's made. We are a three-part creature. We have a body. It's a machine and it has proclivities. It has patterns. It has programs. You know, the body releases 63 known chemicals and we have control over what chemicals are released. But if we're on autopilot, we become victim. We think we're just at cause instead of effect. But then, but we're not the body, but it's our vehicle. And then we have a mind that runs the body and you're dealing with that. Our thoughts, our thinking, the old ways of thinking, the old person versus the new person, the old patterns of thought versus new patterns of thought and so you deal with that because that's really the battle even when you were sober for four years you realized you hadn't changed your thinking and so you changed some of your doing but you weren't changing a lot of your thinking and that's what hit you I think after four years is the thinking started coming in line with the doing and that supercharged mm-hmm. you and that then the last part thinking for sure yep, yeah <laughs> drinking I love how you say that you know, it's so cool the way you say that drinking thinking I used to have this thing where uh, it would be one way it would look like a, an ugly wicked witch and if you turn it upside down it would look like a, a princess and I would always hold it up before six beers <laughs> and then after six beers it's the same person but boy that drinking thinking boy does she look beautiful boy does, I've never seen a prettier woman in my life right <laughs> so uh, tell me uh, how do because your passion is for women I got a chance to spend a weekend with her uh, she spent, went through our leadership training and she's actually coming Coming in Vegas and she's going to be staffing. So if you come to Leadership Awakening in Vegas, November 9th through 11th, you're going to meet Carissa. She's incredibly uh, intelligent. She's beautiful. She's driven. She wants to be the best version of herself. How do women reach out to you? How do women find you, Carissa? Um, I have my website. I don't know if there's a way. It's uh, soberfitlifecoach.com. That is the best okay. way. Um, it emails me, contacts me immediately. Soberfitlifecoach.com. Awesome. And when's your book coming out? What's it called again? Uh, not, the 90-Day Reset. It'll be on Amazon by the end of this month. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, and please reach out to her. And real quick, you went through Leadership Awakening uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, what was the greatest thing you got from that training? Oh, my God. There's so many amazing things I took away from that. Um, to, but to narrow it down to one is um, realizing on 
so many levels that I have been fueling on, I've been, I've still, even nine years sober, been fueling off of past pain, which is only allowed to take me so far and it no longer serves me up to now. And your awakening weekend was, or the few days was so powerful. A lot of tears, a lot of discomfort and really helped me shed all those layers that were just Uh, needing to let go. And um, I'm still a little raw out in the real world. Yeah, that's my okay. Clients are noticing. My clients yeah. are noticing. Hey, we got Krista. We got to get. Yeah, we got to get going. Hard break. I'm so proud of you. Your answer of what you got. The biggest thing is so right on. And we'll talk about it afterwards. All right. We got to get going. I am black. Reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.